Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the User Flows Podcast. This is a show where we talk about UX design and careers, and I get to interview designers who inspire me and talk to them about how they got started in the field so I can break down those patterns, best practices, so that you can use those in your own career. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Viet Huang, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So Viet has been a UX researcher. <laughs> Close? Okay. Almost. Uh, so he's been a UX researcher and designer for eight plus years. And in my experience working with Viet, you know, he has been an absolute, shown an absolute comprehensive understanding of the human behavior and psychology as it relates to both digital and physical experiences. And it was an absolute pleasure working and talking with Viet. Um, and so I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So Viet, welcome. I'm really excited that you're here. And if you could, uh, please tell us a bit about yourself, you know, more than we could learn on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, uh, aside from my LinkedIn profile, I, so I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, how Tom kind of starts these up, but you gave me this nice question, like this little questionnaire. And it's really funny. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is because one of the questions is like, what can we learn about you that's not on your LinkedIn profile, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking at this question, I'm like, well, what does my LinkedIn profile say about me? <laughs> and like, what should it say about me, right? Um, so Again, if you if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you're gonna see. All right, he's a science background. He's had uh, experience working as a pharmaceutical sales rep for uh, for a diabetes company, things like this, right? So I start to look at him like, well, what does it not say about me? Um, one thing, well, not one, but an important thing that uh, that's not in there is that my my passion for the arts, actually. So though you can see that I got my master's from Rutgers in biomedical sciences. Actually, I grew up loving dance, right? We're talking like I saw Michael Jackson move and this is before YouTube, right? So this is before it's like, I know what's cool. I'm like so young. Um, so I loved dance. I loved theater. I loved comic book art. Um, and ultimately, nice. as I got older, I actually asked myself this question as to why I love those things. Uh, and uh, it's actually because making meaningful connections with people, uh, that's actually what gives me, that brings me the most joy. And that's why I did those things as a kid. You're mm -hmm. dancing in the middle of a circle and everyone's like having a great time watching you dance or whatever. Um, so that's one thing. And, and maybe the other thing is uh, I do have a, uh, a passion for martial arts. So okay. I call it martial arts, right? So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is something I did uh, for a few years before like i really hurt my back um, but martial arts is something i've been interested in uh, for a very long time uh, and though some people may see like martial arts as violent um, i always saw it as a way to you know express myself artistically but again through the martial arts but yeah those are some things um that uh you yeah. you wouldn't be able to, to know about me but just by looking at my linkedin right yeah. on I like that. And you know, you're definitely, you're a good communicator and you can tell that human connection aspect where you ask some of the best questions I've ever heard, just bumping into you, <laughs> getting coffee in the morning and stuff. <laughs> like, Tom, what, what do you view as the meaning of life? Or uh, <laughs> how do you go about you're choosing like, uh, friends? And <laughs> yeah, I remember you're just like, hey, listen, it's like uh, 9.30 in the morning. Uh, give me some time before it. You know, I can answer this question. Yeah. Um, but I do want to bring this up because you mentioned communication and why it is so important to me and why I ask these questions. Mm -hmm. It was during this 
time that I was in working as a pharmaceutical sales rep, actually, where I started to question a lot of things. I was just very curious, reading all the time. Um, but I had this, it's not like a revelation, but just I asked myself, like, what if uh, human beings, in order to create great things, uh, ultimately we'd have to build uh, better connections with each other? And then I asked mm-hmm. myself, well, what skill? Like, out of all the skills you could learn as a human being, which one of these skills would, uh, you know, uh, help me build these connections? And it, then it really came to communication, ultimately. Yeah. And then communication is such a big word. Well, what about communication are we going to work on? The active listening portion, uh, questions, how to speak, articulate ideas, all of this kind of uh, stuff. I, I started to dive real deep into um, how does one improve their ability to communicate with another human being, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I use that in, in my career. I use that in my personal relationships and all that. So, yeah. Nice. So that was a pretty big jump going from diabetes care specialist to UX design. How did you kind of make that transition and what hurt it to begin with? Yeah, <laughs> great question. Because so even before the diabetes care specialist uh, career, I was actually uh, already researching, designing my own app. Right. So even okay. before that, I, I said to myself, I wanted to, I wanted to design an app. It, like for any, go back, going back to the whole uh, connection thing was, how do I build more meaningful connections at scale, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so I already started doing some uh, exploration and research into what is UX design at the time. Like UX design wasn't really a career that you you'd be proud to tell your parents about. They'd be like, uh, what are you? I told you you're not going to become an artist, right? Yeah. Um, so, so even before that, I had already started to explore UX design. I had like a bunch of failure to launches, right? Uh, and then like started a uh, this tutoring service that I look back at it now. I was like, this is probably pretty controversial now. Um, but just to explore, you know, what? It, how do you even start a business? Like I never even really thought about making money, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I didn't think about, it. and and fortunately, you know, that's kind of a blessing just because my parents, you know, uh, you know, middle class work their butts off to to provide for us. But I never really thought about it. My brother, on the other hand, is all about money. For me, I just never thought about it. And um, so I started up the tutoring service, not even knowing what the business model is. Anyways, uh, and by the way, you're gonna get used to me going off on these tangents and rants. No, no. Let please, me get back please. to your question. Yeah. Um, so eventually I do work my way into, uh, into um, a career uh, in pharmaceutical sales because I was like, I was living at home at the time and I'm like, I think I need a W2. Like, I think uh, it's about that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, and when I made the decision to go into, all right, let me, let me figure out how to get into pharmaceutical sales. At that time, I didn't actually know or i was uncertain if i had any skill that a company would pay for mm-hmm. right um so i get some sales experience i work my way into pharmaceutical sales um and with like the principles of ux design 
I actually took a lot of what I had learned before I entered the pharmaceutical sales market and applied mm -hmm. it to pharmaceutical sales. And you're like, well, what do you mean by this? Mm -hmm. Pharmaceutical sales, people might have uh, this perception that you go in there, you wine and dine the doctor, and you get them to write your prescription. Mm -hmm. It's just not that simple. Like, actually, there's so much to, it's not just about the physician, it's about the office it's about the entire healthcare experience mm -hmm. so we're talking about the managers uh we're talking about the nursing staff all of it and uh there were some really great user experience problems uh that that revealed themselves to me as i started to visit these physicians like for instance patient education mm -hmm. right let's say you're dr tom morell Hey doc, I have some great diabetes education for your patients. It's unbranded, so there's like no like you should take this drug for this this yeah, disease. Yeah. And you give these offices all these booklets of education. And when I would revisit and I would see the book, the booklets were just collecting dust. Mm. The booklets were never being handed out. And I asked myself, well, why is that? Well, number one, everyone's so busy. Right, so. Right. How can I help get this education into the hands of, of the people that need it most, the patients? And I don't know when the last time you went to your primary care provider, um, maybe last year. With COVID, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But there's, in the waiting room, there's always this space where you just see all of this, like, you know, marketing material from other, like, pharmaceutical companies. I said, do patients even care about this? So I got permission from a lot of my offices to just clear out all that stuff. Okay. And I would create these quote unquote diabetes care centers where I'd put all the education there. And now these things started flying off the shelf. Right. As yeah. patients waited to see their physician, they they pulled these off the shelf. So I started to realize I was like, I love this. I love solving these problems way more than trying to get my numbers up. Um, and the numbers would go up just because you're solving problems for these physicians. Makes sense. Um, yeah. But I didn't want to always be looking at the numbers and, and what goals I had to hit. Eventually, I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this full time because I was doing it part time too, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided to go full time. Um, and uh, most of the time I spent as a pharmaceutical sales rep, I was in Virginia. I moved back to New Jersey. And uh, it was interesting because moving back to Jersey, go back to living with my parents as I tried to figure out my apartment situation in Jersey. Mm -hmm. And once I came to the conclusion for myself that I was going to go full time to UX design, yeah. I was like, all right, how am I going to tell my, my parents again? Like my poor mom too. Yeah. I really do feel for her. She's like, why does this, why can't this man figure out what he wants to do? He has this master's degree. In biomedical sciences. And, yeah, how did that conversation um, go? That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So this is hilarious, right? And my poor dad. My dad is my mom and dad are so funny. They're so different. Mm -hmm. And my dad is like someone I can always go to and say, "Hey, listen, I'm about to do something. This might cause your sleep quality to to decrease because you're probably going to hear from mom like mm -hmm. what before right before bed." 
And so I always go to him anytime I'm about, about to make a decision like this. And, and this is the same case. I say, hey, dad, listen, I'm gonna, I know, listen, I know this company, they're giving me an Audi. They're like flying me out here and there. Like it's a great lifestyle, a lot of flexibility and the pay is great. But listen, um, I think uh, this is no longer for me. I'm going to do, I'm going to jump into UX design full time. And he's like, what is this? What is, what is happening here? <laughs> and so I basically just, I have, I asked myself this question. So I quit my job uh, and uh, I quit my job in. how do I tell this to my mom? And this goes back to communication, right? Knowing your audience. Like I can't just drop this bomb on there like over like a meal or something. And what I decided to do was uh, make a slide deck. Right? I go to Google Slides. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I make the slide deck, right? And I show this slide deck to a couple people at this point. It's hilarious. Um, and within the slide deck, okay, yep. <laughs> it's so funny because as I was a pharmaceutical sales rep, my mom, she, 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 she loves to read now that she's retired. Like she would always send my brother and I these quotes, you know, from the Dalai Lama or from Bill Gates. Nice. Or just then she would call it her two cents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or Confucius, like whatever. <laughs> like these, these, it was like she was basically spamming us with like yeah. inspirational quotes, right? Nice. And so I took those inspirational quotes about following your dreams and all these mm-hmm. kind of things and then made sure to put those into my slide deck, right? Nice. Good work. Right, yeah. right. So, um, anyways, decide. I, I build the slide deck, and I tell my dad, "Hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna present this to, to mom tonight." And he's like, oh, "All right, listen, it's it's like the season finale of American Idol tonight, <laughs> and you know how we love that show. Mm-hmm. And do you mind if you just present it afterwards? Like, just wait till American Idol's done." And then come downstairs and tell your mom whatever you need to. And so I said, fine. All right, dad, whatever. It's just my mm-hmm. life, you know? Yeah. Uh, so American Idol finishes. It's like 10 o'clock at this point. I come downstairs. Uh, you know, we have a living room with a you know, TV there. And basically, I, I take my laptop. I hook it up to Google Chrome uh, or start the, uh, you know, the little device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just basically project my... my uh, my slide deck there, I tell her every, what's going to happen. I tell her my potential earnings, which is probably the most important slide that she, you know, she remembers. And then I tell her that way. Uh, anyways, it ended well. Like, she was like, you know what? <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> Do yeah. what you got. Yeah. So it, it went well, ultimately. That's funny. I can only imagine from a parent's perspective, if one of my kids came to me and said they're going to show me a PowerPoint on some kind of life decision, I just imagine like, thinking oh god what am i in for <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah ultimately you're gonna do yeah. what you're gonna do and i think you chose right so yeah. you're good on you yeah, yeah. yeah and i mean how's the career been since then i mean i got to work with you at prudential which was a lot of fun and how yeah. are things going now yeah um it's been it's been it's been great honestly um and you know this this is gonna this is gonna sound this may sound strange um, but I realized for anyone who's starting in, in UX design, like really, like really like getting serious with their UX designer or needs to build experience. I think the financial industry is actually a great, great starting point. 
Yeah. You know, because a lot of these older institutions are trying to build out their design teams now. You can learn a lot from that. Um, mm-hmm. Versus, I know, I'm sure people are like, oh, I want to work for Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, all this stuff. Yeah. But they're very mature and, and most likely, you know, they have a fully built out design process. Whereas you can come here, you can learn, you can make mistakes, you can experiment, right? Yeah. Um, so, Anyways, it's been great. I think for me, um, I definitely chose right. Um, it, I start to f- like figure out what, what part of the design process I love the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's, it's still been research. The thing is, I feel like research is one of the few pieces of the design process. It's like, we don't have time for that. Like, that's one of the first to go. Yeah. Like, absolutely right right so uh one of the biggest challenges that i've that i've had um so far in my career is being able to link uh design certain design processes or or, uh, certain aspects of the design process like being able to link them to Mm -hmm. business outcomes Mm. right To, to, to a dollar amount oh yeah like can you quantify this mm-hmm. uh, if we if we don't do the ux or we or sorry if we don't do the research or we do do the research how much does that cost us right there's yeah. so much uh, emphasis on delivery so um but again there's like even right now because my uh, my team is still growing mm-hmm. um and we're still actually working out our processes there are some good people in place now and I, and I definitely wouldn't just say that, but there are definitely some good people in place now where uh, we might actually be able to create a solid foundation for mm-hmm. for design and, and product development overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And yeah, one other thing I wanted to say was I would love, I would love it if I could get more exposure to design like real quality design mentors and leaders that's right that's on. definitely something that i feel is is, is lacking to some extent yeah. right on no i like that and i i definitely feel you about um working in you know things like fintech and even medicine which is you know hugely popular mm-hmm. in the new jersey area where you're located um i mean it's all banks and you know, medical facilities right. and stuff so there's a lot of need for UX designers in those fields, and there are a lot of really big challenges. You know, lots to learn, a lot of opportunities for learning. But also, I, I feel like working with those older institutions that people aren't fully bought into design thinking or human-centered design. So you kind of have to learn to be a good salesman, which you probably use some of that experience, like you know, teaching <laughs> people, <clears throat> educating them on you know the design process and how it can be used and how it might benefit you. And that's a really neat. Um, idea that you bring up and it's probably something that most designers don't think about very often is how do I relate what I do to, you know, the ROI for businesses? What do they get out of this? Mm-hmm. What is the cost of not doing things right versus, you know, making cuts in the process in order yeah. to get there quicker. And that's really interesting to me. So I think that's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And as far as finding mentors, um, I'm with you on that. There are things out there now like ADP lists and those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that they're so much for, you know, kind of 
senior designers. There was more for mm -hmm. the junior designers looking to get started in the field. Um, it'd be interesting to start some kind of mastermind group. I think you're on to something. To, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, coach and help yeah, each other Yeah, out. you know, it's like, it's wild too. Um, well, two things. I, I like to comment on the sales aspect. I, I actually say this a lot to, to younger designers. Uh, and when I'm joining a new team, I, I emphasize how important that experience was. I, I, I didn't, I knew how UX design could potentially impact my sales, mm -hmm. but I didn't quite realize how my sales experience would impact my UX design career. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, they discussed, I and mean, there's discussing about how do you explain your designs and, and things like this, but trust me, there was a lot of explaining when I was in pharmaceutical sales. It wasn't yeah. just about the quote unquote education of what, you know, what is this, um, like the education of the design process from research to wireframes to empathy mapping, journey mapping. It mm -hmm. wasn't just about, well, what is this? Educate us on the benefits of that. Yeah. That's cool. I did that a lot in my career as a pharmaceutical sales rep. Like, hey, this is what this medicine does. This is how much it costs. But to actually get them to change the behavior, that's where the sales came in, right? right? right. Yep. And without it, and I don't know how you teach it uh, in terms of like for, for like a design course, like do they add sales, uh, how to sell your design? Maybe, I think I maybe have seen some things like that online on YouTube, but, but yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Th there are some good books out there and I'll, if I can remember them, I'll link them in the show notes, but also um, IDEO has a course on creative confidence which is mm -hmm. kind of around that. Like, how do you, you know, stand up for your designs? How do you kind of explain things well? And I could see, you know, being really good at sales, you know, mm -hmm. being a fantastic opportunity for a UX designer because not everybody's bought in from the beginning. And there's, you do spend a lot of time kind of coaching and helping people understand the benefits of the, you know, a really robust design process. And so it's a great skill. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's 22, right? To get someone to change the behavior. There also is this other trust component. Like, right. do you even trust me as a person? Do you even <laughs> hear what I have to say first? People, like, if you don't trust me, I could say that I could have the best sales pitch ever. Yeah. And, and it'll all uh, be for nothing. Um, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And that's um, one of the questions I ask a lot in, um, when I'm interviewing UX designers is, you know, what do you feel are the most important aspects of your job or aspects of your role? And mm. what I usually like to hear back the most is, uh, you know, communication and trust because mm. I mean, anybody can make a great design. Well, not anybody, but <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> no matter how good that design is, it's going to take a lot of communication, um, with developers, with, you know, business analysts with you know senior leadership teams in order to kind of sell it across the org get everybody to buy in in order to trust you and kind of build those relationships so that you know you can get done the things you need to get done um, yeah absolutely i mean that's that uh, that's another challenge right is to get us at, to get like we call them like you know we're talking about cross-functional teams and stakeholders and things like this but like ultimately we should see each other as teams what I've experienced a lot is 
because there are different stakeholders and, and product team members, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's not like, okay, listen, if we win the game and score this many points like we won as a team, it, it, like what I mean by this is everyone has their own incentive structure. Yep. And those incentives, a lot of the time conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if I'm just focused on delivering, do I really care to go to design real quick for a quick QA to see if this looks right? No, I'm under the gun, right? Um, but then that developer is under the gun because they were never consulted about these designs before they got approved by the business, mm-hmm. right? So, and all these different promises are made. And, and so it's, it, it tends to actually uh, uh, put like product teams at conflict with one another. It's he said, she said type, type situations, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that communication and trust component is, is super key to, to delivering quality uh, products. Nice. And going back to the sales, is, um, I remember one of my early mentors when I was first kind of getting into business for myself, I ran a business for like eight years or so, um, mm. you know, being design for you know, design and marketing for a number of different companies. I remember saying something to him like, oh, I'm not really very good at sales. I'm not really interested in sales. And he's like, dude, you're in business for yourself. Like every, <laughs> everything is sales now. Like every meeting you go to is a sales meeting. <laughs> Everybody you meet is a sales pitch. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, that is funny. That's absolutely true too, right? Every encounter you're, you're selling. And it's funny too, and this is obviously going to go off topic, but That's okay. um, it's, I, I was talking to, to several of my friends when I was living in, uh, in, around DC. And one thing you hear, when, especially when you move to different big cities, you'll hear, or I, I heard was, it's so hard to meet people. Right, right, and in your people, the people that you want to meet, yeah, um, yeah. and yes, it's hard to find them, right? And I started thinking about this this problem, and I started to be like, okay, well, what if you instead of having to search for like needles in a haystack, you could send out a bat signal instead, like you could draw them to you, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, well, how 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 might someone do that? Well, there's many different ways whether it's in like social media right mm-hmm. um but just for a simpler example it was, it was like fashion right okay. like yeah, yeah. right you start to see like okay imagine you're in soho new york and you're walking through soho and you're walking past stores that are boarded up or maybe there's nothing in the windows of course you're not going to step in there you might think it's closed mm-hmm. you don't know um either way i started to think of fashion as like your storefront like what is, oh this store is interesting okay okay hey because yeah. they might say hey nice glasses nice sneakers mm-hmm. nice whatever uh and all of a sudden you're having a conversation with this person right and so now i started to expand that idea of your storefront so it goes beyond what you wear and you know, yeah. how you carry yourself to if i look at what, what is your digital you know, presence look like and feel like, and I, I, you know, admittedly, I'm not good at that. I, I'm not, not, not that I'm not good at. I haven't put enough effort and time into it, and I, and I'm starting to think more like, mm, maybe I really need to work on that digital presence um, to draw these people in. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, I mean, having a podcast, 
a good way to meet people. They're right. Kinda, right. You know, exactly. Yeah, they're they're kind of stuck with you for like 45 minutes as you ask them questions and <laughs> badger them. But yeah. uh, no, and I just relocated. I'm not sure if you know to uh, Savannah, Georgia, and it's been the same thing. And so I've been kind of reaching out to local designers, um, some of the local like design educators. And to see like what kind of groups are out there, what kind of you know meetups they do. I've reached out to the IFBA and UXBA to possibly set up a local chapter here. So mm. yeah, I can start talking to people, get to know people, kind of expand my kind of reach here. Um, because in New Jersey I felt like it was very easy. Like you can throw a stone and you're gonna hit a designer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But you you're the right guy for it though. You're the right guy for it. You always had this to me, you've always had this very relaxing vibe. There could be a room full of tension. And maybe there's a different internal dialogue going on inside your head. Mm-hmm. But like externally, as just an audience member, I'm like, wow, this guy is just calm, collected. Doesn't matter how many people are in the room, the way you speak, it, it's, it's very calming. So yeah. podcasting is natural. And if you're running any, you know, if you're facilitating any workshops, I'm like, yeah, that's. Oh. most likely going to be pretty successful or at least enjoyable yeah I, I appreciate that and if um people think i'm coming off as relaxed that's great because inside i'm freaking out pretty much all day every day so that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> so that's great that's great yeah. so obviously i mean you made this transition um you have a whole new role now at bny mellon which is awesome congrats on that um yeah. any you know sage advice for somebody who maybe like you was didn't know what they wanted to do. They went into a field that possibly wasn't the best thing for them. Maybe it's medicine, maybe mm-hmm. it's something else. What would be your advice for them to, if they were interested in UX design to kind of get started and you know, work their way into the career? Yeah, you know, for all those uh, Asian kids that end up going to biomedical, no, it's good for <laughs> anyone basically. <laughs> but, you know, specifically for the sciences, right? I know, again, it's no surprise that a lot of Asian cultures push their kids into the sciences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're currently in that situation, I can tell you uh, that your science background will definitely be helpful, um, especially when it comes to uh, research, right? Uh, we, we, when you're in a, a sciences degree, uh, and especially if you're, you're part of a graduate program, you're doing a lot of research. Um, and you're, you're familiar with different research techniques about how to handle bias. Not to say that, you know, scientists aren't bi- like show bias in the research, but you're aware of all these things. Um, so definitely a leg up on that just because of, of how uh, valuable that is. Um, but if you are in a lab, mm-hmm. uh, often by yourself and you have that kind of introverted uh, personality, I would definitely encourage you to maybe you know, step outside of that a little bit, uh, maybe facilitate some study groups, right? Uh, because that is something, that's a, you know, a skill that needs to be practiced for sure mm-hmm. uh, in entering uh, the design world. Because right now we have great tools, right, uh, for US designers. And a lot of companies now are, are creating their own design systems or leveraging other design systems. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of uh, the, the types of designers we're looking for is, is how do they solve problems, right. ultimately, right. right? And 
again, if you're coming from medicine, something you know, you're probably going to be familiar with is, you know, again, when we were in, when we were in the lab, it's how do we, how do, I think it was a neuro stem cell lab, but it was how do we grow neuro stem cells? How do we get them to grow? Um, being able to break down problems and things like this. I think as I'm thinking about it now, you have a, a leg up if you're coming from the sciences to get into UX design, especially if you always wanted to be an artist and your parents are telling you how much money you won't make and uh, <laughs> how you <laughs> how you most likely end up doing caricatures at Central Park. And I started mm-hmm. thinking about the caricatures. Like, I'm like, I'm thinking about, and again, I don't know what their situation is of why they're doing caricatures in Central Park, but they kind of, I wouldn't say they ruined it for us as kids because uh, they didn't ruin it, right? <laughs> but that was the, the image that was uh, you know, uh, plastered to our parents' minds of, oh, what does an artist do? Oh, they end up here. This is great. Um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of some of the, the, the stage advice. Um, sales and communication. I know like a lot of people think of UX design as making uh, beautiful UI or beautiful mm-hmm. animations. I want to make Instagram or I want to make Netflix, things like this. And they sign up for courses that teach them how to use the tools. And that's all great. Um, but being able to focus or, or at least spend some of that time as you're learning about the UX design process, focus that time on, on, um, uh, on sales and communication. Uh, maybe the one other thing I would say is understand, really try to get some grasp of, over CSS and JavaScript. You don't have to be able to build your own app. But once you enter, you know, uh, the workforce as, mm-hmm. as a professional designer, uh, it's going to help you tremendously to be familiar with how a product is actually built yeah. um, and, and how programmers think, right? So uh, those, are the, those are some of mine um, yeah. that have helped me out that I've had to learn kind of on the fly, but, but yeah. Nice. And so I noticed just something working with you is that you are pretty strong too on the UI side of things. You know, obviously mm. you had the kind of, you know, the research aspect coming from the medical field, but was the UI and, you know, learning JavaScript, things like that, was that something you had to work on? Is there kind of any particular way you went about that? You know, I, I, I did some, I, I paid for some courses online. There's one called like learn UI design just to kind of refine, mm-hmm. um, you know, your skills on that. But I do do like right now I'm actually, uh, doing some code academy Khan academy uh mm-hmm. javascript courses nice. um because you know as a designer a lot of designers will be like okay as, especially designers who want to start up their own thing or create their own app they're like okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna create this great idea and i'm gonna come up with the design and i'm gonna pass it off to dev mm-hmm. and doesn't look at you like do you know how long it's going to take me to do this mm-hmm. and how much money i'd have to charge you yeah so it helps again to to be able to to code so but again to answer your question it's interesting right like the one thing i didn't bring up so far on the podcast was after i graduated with biomedical sciences Mm -hmm. i actually took one full year um and moved out to dallas uh as an exercise and and the question was essentially what would you do with your what i what would i do with my time if i didn't have any peer parental pressure Let's go to Dallas. It's cheap to live there. I went out there with my brother. 
and, and my good friend David. And it was just that, what do you want to do? And I spent that time like formally learning design, right? Oh, like, nice. Okay. I, I was drawing traditionally, um, taking an art class. I was uh, starting into, I was like, I never really thought of digital art as real art, mm-hmm. right? Now, this was a while ago because I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing tangible, right? right? Um, but um, once I started, like, again, even with animation, micro interaction, a lot mm-hmm. of that is based off what Disney animators created. Right, the movement of things and how things squish and, and elastic band, things like that. So traditional art, that's really where I got um, some of my, um, uh, that's kind of where like my foundation of understanding like UI like mm-hmm. came from, like how to space things out and, and um, how to animate things in and out, things like that. So that's, Very that's cool. what I would say to that. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, thanks for answering those questions. I really appreciate that. But um, so somebody kind of in your role now, um, where do you go mm. for inspiration? Ooh, where do I go to for inspiration? Um, so I, I, I read a lot. Um, yeah. So, and I, I think the latest book that people are probably tired of me talking about is, uh, <laughs> is The School of Life. Okay. Uh, yeah, they have Alon, a YouTube channel. You're familiar? Alon yeah. do something. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called uh, How Proust Can Change Your Life that um, might just have changed my life. But yeah. 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 So it's really great. I actually, I gifted it to a few people uh, for Christmas uh, last year. Okay. But uh, it basically talks like it, it shares in in the most beautifully. Uh, I want to say he just is able to articulate the like human behavior and psychology in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I focus a lot uh, on human behavior, why we do the things we do, trying to understand that, and, and, it, and it helps tremendously when you're designing an experience, right. right? For 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 human beings, right? Yeah. Um, and asking these questions of well, why would this person do this particular action? And you're asking this constantly. Um, so I do this. I, I have a couple of newsletters that I get, like actual newsletters that I read um, that, again, kind of focus around philosophy, communication, human behavior. Um, and uh, in terms of like UI, things like this, it's just, for me, it's just, paying attention you know mm-hmm. to to whatever apps i'm using if spotify releases a new update netflix releases a new update all, any of these guys that are like on the actual cutting edge of design airbnb things like this yep. that's typically where i'm going for um inspiration medium is great like they're mm-hmm. constantly serving me quality content um but yeah those are some of the the places i go for inspiration fantastic love it and um so, you know, what's on the horizon for you? What's, what's next? On the horizon? Well, right now we're building on a team um, at BNY Mellon. And it's, it's going to be interesting as to how we grow. Because for me, what I'm starting to really enjoy is this 
leadership component, okay. right? Yep. Um, be, being a design leader and what does that mean, right? Um, and I've seen great leaders, but mm-hmm. from afar, right? Like we can, you can go to YouTube and all these other things. But in terms of like working alongside great leaders, that's been very rare. Like mm-hmm. a great manager and a great leader to me is as rare as a great teacher is. Right? If we were to ask ourselves, like, hey, tell me about your top five teachers that have impacted your life and, and what you've decided to do, or et cetera. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, they might actually say, I don't have five. Yeah. And they have three teachers that really impact my I can recall by name. And unfortunately, that's been my experience when it comes to um my career right so there's a select few uh that have been great i mean you know tatiana she's awesome um but but yeah so now for me there's a piece of me that wants to 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 develop my skills as a leader Mm -hmm. um and uh maybe we do this at bny melon or or, um we'll, we'll see we'll see and again I still haven't given up hope that one day I'll build my own app. Um, so right now I'm learning JavaScript and uh, it was actually really funny. Uh, my, um, my brother was basically, he, he came to me because uh, I was working on an app for myself recently. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, no, and he's a programmer or he used to be, he's in real estate now. But I was telling him about my idea and this and that. He's like, this great idea. And like designs or the research team's pretty sound. Who's gonna build it? I was like, oh yeah, my my, I'm gonna work with whoever. And then he's like, no, you're not. Listen, you need to learn how to code because he's like, even if you can only code ten percent of it, yeah, a programmer is gonna be like, okay, this guy genuinely cares to learn this. Yeah, and maybe you take it ten to twenty percent. They may help you take it to fifty, and then maybe and so. I'm surrounded by programmers that are willing to help me. Why wouldn't I leverage their experience, their knowledge to, you know, we, me and my brother call it like folding time. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing with like mentors, um, great teachers, leaders, they help you avoid some of the pain that they went through to teach themselves a particular skill. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and, and they give, give feedback. That's the other thing, right? Like you can watch Khan Academy, you can look at Code Academy, but who are you going to ask when you get stuck? Yeah. Right? So, um, but yeah, that's my long-winded answer of, of what's on the horizon. No, no, I love that. That's great. And um, I think there is something to that, you know, finding leaders as mentors <clears throat> or inspiration. And that's, I mean, definitely a question I'll want to dive into. I'm hoping to have some more kind of like, you know, the senior leadership type people going to join this podcast and hopefully we'll get a, an answer somewhere of how to go about, you know, cultivating and building that skill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, we're almost at time. And, and yep. so one thing I will say is I, I love taking the opportunity to, um, to ask these leaders like I, one thing you, you remember is i'll ask questions to leaders very hard uh, questions too <laughs> very hard questions that i was hoping that either they said hey listen i'm so glad you asked this question i've been thinking about this day and night yeah. or i don't know 
Um, unfortunately, I, I usually get some, you know, bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> some blank stares back at you. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, no. Yeah. no um, we are almost at. <laughs> No, we are almost at time, but I really appreciate you coming in and you know coming on the show and talking to me and uh, can't thank you enough. But uh, where should people go to get in touch with you? Yeah, they can reach me. Um, uh, my Instagram is uh, it's, it's really stupid, but my Instagram is my fitness pal. I don't know if you guys okay. use my fitness pal, my fitness yeah, pal yeah, yeah. on Instagram, uh, and you can reach me at my Gmail. Unfortunately, v huang at gmail com was taken. Uh, by the time I got Gmail, but v. Huang 1983 at gmail.com. Okay. I have numbers, yes. Um, <laughs> but those are the primary, those are the primary places or, or try to reach me on Facebook even. I mean, I still check it because my family, that's where they post. Yep. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, and LinkedIn, obviously. LinkedIn, yeah. you can reach me there as well. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Really appreciate it, man. And um, really nice to catch up with you too. It's been too long, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, you know, if, if the audience loves this podcast as much, maybe we have a part two. You never know. I like it. Um, I like right? it. Sounds good. But yeah. But, Thank you, Tom. I, I appreciate uh, you bringing me on. Yeah, my pleasure. And that's the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. I will be releasing a show about every other week or so. If you'd like to be a friend to the show, leaving a review or a comment on Apple would be uh, very much appreciated. Share a link to the show with your friends or anywhere else you might know who is interested in UX design. Uh, feel free to recommend topics uh, you'd like to hear discussed. And if you have any questions about design, uh, design careers, or anything else for that matter, you can DM me on my Instagram at userflowspod. If you'd really like to help me out, you can visit thomasmorell.com slash survey to let me know what you'd like to learn on this show or hear more or less of. So thank you. I appreciate you listening and uh, let's go create something. <laughs>